as an exercise while at Cambridge at St. John's College in 1688. Matthew Pryor produced this ode on Exodus 3.14. I am that I am. Man, foolish man, scarce knowst thou how thyself began. Scarce hast thou thought enough to prove thou art, yet steeled with studied boldness thou darst try to send thy doubting reason's dazzled eye through the mysterious gulf of vast immensity. Much thou canst there discern, much thence impart. Vain wretch, suppress thy knowing pride, mortify thy learned lust. Vain are thy thoughts, for thou thyself art dust. <clears throat> let wit her sails, her oars, let wisdom lend the helm, let politic experience guide. Yet cease to hope thy short-lived bark shall ride down spreading fate's unnavigable tide. What though thou, what though still it farther tend, still tis farther from its end. And in the bosom of that boundless sea still finds its error lengthened with its way. With daring pride and insolent delight, your doubts resolved, you boast, your labors crowned. And Eureka, your God forsooth is found, incomprehensible and infinite. But is he therefore found? Vain searcher, no. Let your imperfect definition show that nothing you, the weak definer, know. Say, why should the collected main itself within itself contain? Why to its caverns should it sometimes creep and with delighted silence sleep on the loved bosom of its parent deep? Why should its numerous waters stay in comely discipline and fair array till winds and tides exert their high command? then prompt and ready to obey. Why do the rising surges spread their opening ranks o'er earth's submissive head? Marching through different paths to different lands. Why does the constant sun with measured steps his radiant journeys run? Why does he order the diurnal hours to leave earth's other part and rise in hours? Why does he wake the correspondent moon and fill her willing lamp with liquid light, commanding her with delegated powers to beautify the world and bless the night? Why does each animated star love the just limits of its proper sphere? Why does each consenting sign with prudent harmony combine and turns to move and subsequent appear? to gird the globe and regulate the year. <clears throat> man does with dangerous courtesy, man does with dangerous curiosity, 
these unfathomed wonders try. With fancied rules and arbitrary laws, matter and motion he restrains. And studied lines and fictitious circles draws. Then with imagined sovereignty, Lord of his new hypotheses, he reigns. He reigns? How long? Till some usurper rise, and he too, mighty thoughtful, mighty wise, studies new lines and other circles fans. From this last toil again, what knowledge flows? Just as much perhaps as shows that all his predecessors' rules were empty cant, all jargon of the schools. That he on t'other's ruin rears his throne and shows his friend's mistake and thence confirms his own. On earth and air, amidst the seas and skies, mountainous heaps of wonders rise, whose towering strength will ne'er submit to reason's batteries or the minds of wit. Yet still inquiring, still mistaking man, each hour repulsed, each hour dare onward press, and leveling at God his wandering guests, that feeble engine of his reasoning war, which guides his doubts and combats his despair. Laws to his maker, the learned wretch can give, can bound that nature and prescribe the will, his pregnant word did either ocean fill, can tell us whence all beings are and how they move and live. Through either ocean, foolish man, that pregnant word sends forth again, might to a world extend each atom there, for every drop call forth a sea, a heaven for every star. Let cunning earth her fruitful wonders hide, and only lift thy staggering reason up to trembling Calvary's astonished top. Then mock thy knowledge and confound thy pride, explaining how perfection suffered pain. Almighty languished and eternal died, how by her patient victor death was slain. And earth profaned, yet blessed with deicide. Then down with all thy boasted volumes, down, only reserve the sacred one. Low, reverently low, make thy stubborn knowledge bow. Weep out thy reasons and thy body's eyes. Deject thyself, that thou mayst rise to look to heaven. Be blind to all below. And faith, her reasons, glimmering light, shall give her immortal perspective. And grace's presence, nature's loss retrieve. Then thy enlivened soul shall see that all the volumes of philosophy, with all their comments, never could invent so politic an instrument to reach the heaven of heavens, the high abode where Moses places his mysterious God. As was that ladder which old Jacob reared. When light divine had human darkness cleared and his enlarged ideas sound the road which faith had dictated and angels trod. <clears throat>
there's quite a bit of poetry about the taking of Namur by the King of Great Britain. So here's an English ballad by Matthew Pryor from 1695. Dolce as despere in loco. Some folks are drunk yet do not know it. So might not Bacchus give you law? Was it a muse or lofty poet or virgin of Saint Cyr you saw? Why all this fury? What's the matter that oaks must come from Thrace to dance? Must stupid stalks be taught to flatter? And is there no such wood in France? Why must the winds all hold their tongue? If they a little brush should raise, would that have spoiled the poet's song or puffed away the monarch's praise? <clears throat> Pindar, that eagle, mounts the skies while virtue leads the noble way to, like a vulture, Bolu flies, where sordid interest shows the prey. When once the poet's honor ceases, from reason far his transports rove. And Boileau, for 800 pieces, makes Louis take the wall of Jove. Neptune and Sol came from above, shaped like Migregne and Vauban. They armed these rocks, then showed old Jove of Marley Wood the wondrous plan. Such walls, these three wise gods agreed, by human force could ne'er be shaken. But you and I in Homer read of gods as well as men mistaken. Sambri and Mays, their waves may they join, but ne'er can William's force restrain. He'll pass them both who pass the Boyne. Remember this and arm the Sien. Full 15,000 lusty fellows with fire and sword the fort maintain. Each was a Hercules, they tell us, yet out they marched like common men. <clears throat> Cannons above and mines below did death and tombs for foes contrive. Yet matters have been ordered so that most of us are still alive. If Namur be compared to Troy, then Britain's boys excelled the Greeks. Their siege did ten long years employ. We've done our business in ten weeks. What Godhead does so shaft, so fast advance with dreadful power those hills to gain? It's his little will, the scourge of France, no Godhead, but the first of men. His mortal arm exerts the power to keep even Mons victor under, and that same Jupiter no more shall fright the world with impious thunder. Our king thus trembles at Namur, whilst Villeroy, who ne'er afraid is, to Brussels marches on secure, to bomb the monks and scare the ladies. After this glorious expedition, one battle makes the marshal great. He must perform the king's commission. Who knows, but Orange may retreat. 
Kings are allowed to fend the gout, or be prevailed with not to fight. And mighty Louis hoped, no doubt, that William would preserve that right. <clears throat> From Sien to Lore to Rhone and Poe, see every mother's son appear. In such a case, ne'er blame a foe if he betrays some little fear. He comes, the mighty Vilroy comes, finds a small river in his way. So waves his colors, beats his drums, and thinks it prudent there to stay. The Gallic troops breathe blood and war. The marshal cares not to march fast o'er. Poor Vilroy moves so slowly here. We fancied all it was his master. Will no kind flood, no friendly rain disguise the marshal's plain disgrace? No torrents swell the lowly, the low mehane. The world will say he durst not pass. Why will no hades appear, dear poet on the banks of Sambury? Just as they did that mighty year when you turned June into December. The water nymphs are too unkind to Vilroy. Are the land nymphs so? <clears throat> and fly they all at once combined to shame a general and a bow. Truth, justice, sense, religion, fame may join to finish William's story. Nations set free may bless his name and France in secret own his glory. <clears throat> but Ypres, Maastricht and Cambrai Besancon, Ghent, St. Omer's, Lily, Contraire, and Dole. Ye critics say how poor to this was Pindar's style. With Ikes and Alsos, tack thy strain. Great bard and sing the deathless prince who lost Namor the same campaign. He bought Dick's mood and plundered Danes. A whole ten pound my dream is out. I tell it you, but for the rattle of those confounded drums, no doubt yon bloody rogues intend a battle. Dear me, a hundred thousand French with terror fill the neighboring field, while William carries on the trench till both the town and castle yield. Villeroy to Boussler's should advance, says Mars through cannon's mouse and fire. It asked one marshal of France tells t'other he can come no nigher. Regain the lines the shortest way, Vilroy, or to Versailles take post. For having seen it, thou canst say the steps by which Namur was lost. The smoke and flame may vex thy sight. Look not once back, but as thou goest, quicken the squadrons in their flight and bid the devil take the slowest. Think not what reason to produce. From Louis to conceal thy fear, he'll own the strength of thy excuse. Tell him that William was but there. Now let us look for Louis's feather. It used to shine so like a star. The generals could not get together, wanting that influence great in war. O poet, Thou hadst been discreeter, hanging the monarch's hat so high. If thou hadst dubbed thy star a meteor, 
that did but blaze and rove and die, to animate the doubtful sight, no more in vain expects that ray. In vain France hopes the sickly light should sign near William's fuller day. It knows Versailles its proper station, nor cares for any foreign sphere, where you see Beaulieu's constellation. Be sure no danger can be near. The French had gathered all their force, and William met them in their way. It off they brushed both foot and horse. What has friend Beaulieu left to say? When his high muse is bent upon it to sing her king, that great commander, or on the shores of Hellespont, or in the valleys near Scamander, would it not spoil his noble task if any foolish Pyrrhegian there is, impertinent enough to ask, how far no more may be from Paris? Two stanzas more before we end. Of death, pikes, rocks, arms, bricks, and fire. Leave them behind you, honest friend, and with your countrymen retire. Your ode is spoiled, no more is freed. For Diximid something yet is due. So good Count Giscard may proceed. But Boussler's, sir, one word with you. Tis done in sight of these commanders, who neither fight nor raise the siege. The foes of France march safe through Flanders, divide to Brussels or to Liege, send fame this news to Trianon, that Boufflers may new honors gain. He the same play by land has shown, as Tourville did upon the main. It is a marshal made appear. O William, may thy arms advance, that he may lose Dinant next year, and so be constable of France. Thank you.